0: I think when you come from a design background, my sensibility and my prioritization of UX and the user experience is is really around hopefully trying to make things as beautiful and as intuitive as they can be. So, you know, I think that sort of obsession for perfection is maybe the thing that propels me to try and make sure that we can deliver great work.
1: Why do some companies succeed in driving growth while others fail? How do some individuals advance in their careers to lead teams that change industries? In the age of mobile, these are the stories of the companies shaping the way we interact with our world and the people who drive their growth. I'm Mada, and I'm the host for How I Grew This. Hi, everyone. We're so happy to have our next guest, Russell Stopford, currently the chief digital officer of Paris Saint-Germain. Russell has had a super dynamic career in product management, having led the digital teams for top football teams in Europe. There's so much to unpack here, and we're so happy that you're here uh, to share your story with us. Welcome to the show, Russell.
0: Hi, Meadow.
1: You know, we've heard so many good things about you, and I'm really happy we're finally getting to do this.
2: And you've done so many things, like from entertainment to media, software, film, and more. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and the story of how you've actually arrived at a company like PSG?
0: <laughs> well, I, I I studied physics at Oxford and I was also sort of starting to make films and and I designed the student newspaper. And I sort of realized I didn't really want to be a sort of physicist doing research. And I think I was just sort of lucky because I didn't really know what to do. And then the internet happened. And I was also getting into, into sort of creative work as well and wanting to sort of, you know, Do more photography and filmmaking, and I basically got my first job designing advertising campaigns for an art gallery in Malta, and taught myself design, and then came back to London. Luckily, after that, just you know, sort of went through becoming you know, I worked as a designer and an editor in films and TV and uh, and new media, and started a few companies. Uh, Was a sort of creative director and and a sort of technical. Uh, I suppose maybe a, tech, maybe a techie creative director. That's what, I was. That's what I was for many years in my own companies. Ultimately, I got headhunted to join a football club and that football club was looking for uh, somebody that came from a different background. They would sort of look for somebody that had this entertainment background that could bring, you know, sort of new types of, of content experiences into football because there's lots of people that really specialize in sports. So I came from the outside, but now I've been doing that for the last 10 years. It's become a specialism recently, but it wasn't, it wasn't my specialism over the, over the years. I guess my my thing is really uh, new forms of entertainment with a you know on new technology platforms, and that's always been what I've liked to play with. That's very cool.
1: So tell us a little bit about your current role and what are you doing right now. And I know you guys are relaunching your app, so tell us a little
0: bit about that as well. So I'm doing I'm doing some really exciting projects. I'm doing a a series for a platform about PSG. It's 50th year. It's our 50th year birthday this year, so. Working on a series for Amazon, which is very cool. So I'm I'm exec producing that. Oh, so that's got my uh, sort of that's got my old film hat on, um, and then I've got my sort of product my old sort of product owner product director hat on with the new app, as you mentioned. And I've got this other big sort of digital transformation program going on, which is really looking at how we're going to maximise use of data uh, across all of the different digital channels within the club. I mean, obviously, there's a lot spoken about the value of data spe- specifically in the value of understanding fan behavior and the value of our fans to to our partners and to our sponsors and and to the rest of the business so that's a really exciting transversal project that we're working on throughout the organization but going back to the app i'm really excited about that because i think you know i've got you know all these different things that i like doing and different elements to my to sort of my background but i think i'm sort of you know one of my sort of core things that I, i really like doing is developing products so it's really good to be able to get a bit hands-on again with with app development. I developed quite a few apps when I was at Perform. Yeah, it's uh, it's great, and I'm really proud of it because it's it's looking very cool. Love the design. We're bringing some. I don't want to sort of sort of give away too much at this stage because it's you know it's it's. I want sort of people to sort of see it and see see how exciting it is. But there's some really new transactional capabilities which uh, which is sort of new to football clubs, which are going to be within the app and obviously talking closely with, uh, with, with Apple and Google about how we can sort of bring in the sort of latest features as well. So um, I'm very, uh, very excited about that.
1: It's very cool. What are some of the things that people will be able to do with the app?
0: Well, we want to have a native transactional experience. So we want people to be able to, to consume uh, content, but also to, to have that experience in a, you know, seamlessly blending with the commercial experience where people can actually buy you know, products and tickets and consume premium content so, so it, the idea is to i think rather than have it feel like a uh, maybe an app where there's these different silos you know bring that experience into a sort of co- a continuous feed of, of information and, and media but also transactional products which are within that content experience so the idea is to is to really i guess it's it's taking the best of what, what makes social feeds so so compelling what we're trying to do with this is really be the perfect place to experience PSG in a digital way. So if you want that perfect digital experience, that's going to be within the app. And of course, you know, we, we sort of tend to work on approximate metrics of, you know, an app say being 20 times more engaging than a, than a website. So we we want it to be the app that is on your home screen. That's, you know, that you're launching all the time and, and that you're constantly checking a little bit by, you know, like uh, many people's behavior with instagram and tiktok and you know i'm sure you guys have some incredible fans who are very passionate we do the other things that what we're doing with this app is we're we're sort of rebuilding it on a on a you know the approach is is to build it on a code base which is which is obviously continually evolving and and developing and following the latest trends it's always basically launching it and actually starting to work on the on the constant evolution of that app experience and that's that's what we're gonna be able to do with this new architecture that we, that we put in place. Are there other teams that are doing something like this as well? You know, we're obviously one of the elite Champions League teams and I think pretty much, I think, I think there's a sort of approach to, to apps. We've done benchmarks where we've looked at, you know, all of the other club apps of our sort of competitor group. And we haven't seen anything like what we're doing now. I mean, I guess there, there may be other clubs which are developing Similar experiences, but I think we're we're hoping that we're going to be uh, you know sort of taking a leadership first to first to market position with this. It's super exciting,
2: honestly. I, I just to add some color on my side of why I think that's so game changing is because you have an audience, yeah, say like an artist or musician too. So much of that data lies outside of something that they can actually harness for themselves. So, like, the fact that you're making all this in one place and, like, actually creating a way to engage but also, like, sell tickets.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think, think the the main reason we wanted to build it the way we built it is is to just make it really simple and accessible and easy to use and natural and it's not an overly complex uh, UX or UI. It's, it's really... I mean, I I often talk, used to talk about the sort of the product disappearing into the content and trying to trying to sort of really put the content at the fore, and that was what I was trying to do with app app design when we when I was working on uh, on some of the other apps that I've worked on in the past. And I think you'll see when you when you see this new design that it's very rich in terms of that you know, it's the imagery. The, it's it's a bit more sort of magazine style in terms of the use of fonts and typography, and but at the same time it's it's um, you know, it's not, it's not trying to be, it's not trying to be overly cool. It's just trying to, it's just trying to sort of present you the information in a really simple and intuitive way.
2: Can you share some of your favorite growth stories from either the past or some things that you're currently excited about with the upcoming launch that you can share?
0: There was a project that I did with about the same, it was about the same time that YouTube was launching. And I was doing, I was working on this, on this UGC platform, which was, um, you know, we were sort of probably dealing with the same sort of themes that uh, you know those geniuses were, were, were looking at but we were, we were sort of looking at short form sort of documentary at the time and and i think uh, we did this project with, with channel four which was called four docs which was the amazing. that personally is an experience doing a, a, a great project um that was you know i guess in a sort of high growth area looking at sort of you know video online and i think that was that was one experience, which was which was just wonderful, and you know we had a great team, and everyone was really passionate. Obviously, we we, did, we didn't go on to to, to make the uh, billion dollar billion dollar valuation company that, that you know obviously ended up with uh, with YouTube. But I think um, it was a wonderful project. We ended up make, winning lots of awards for for the sort of the concept and the design and the and the innovation. You, you know, more recently, I think. Growth and you know what I've been, you know, things that I've experienced uh, or projects that I've been involved with. We did the launch of Jordan Brand with with PSG. That was fantastic yeah. with, with Nikki and, and Jordan, and uh, was sort of transformational in terms of the the revenue impact and the, the increase in in e commerce sales that we saw through the way that we basically presented the story of the two brands coming together. And it was very much a content led. We almost weren't thinking, well, I suppose we were, but we, we weren't primarily thinking just about marketing. We were thinking about telling the story and it became a really authentic brand storytelling piece of work that just had a massive impact and was really successful from a marketing perspective as well. You know, things that may be working on right now, I mean, I think, you know, probably just going back to the app in terms of you know, what, we're, what we're hoping for in terms of for, for success. I mean, we, we really sort of believe, I think, that this app will be a game changer for you know, the millions of fans around the world uh, and also hopefully the football industry as a whole. And I think, you know, looking at, at making this app just much more uh, relevant and newer and fresher. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the, the, the great thing about this is that it's, a, it's a joint effort with all, from all the departments. I mean, when, you, when you're trying to do these sorts of transversal projects where you're sort of talking with the ticketing team and the merchandising team and the team that looks after CRM and, and memberships and, you know, trying to bring all that together, in one successful product, it's it's great seeing you know that sort of team that team really sort of come together. We just we just actually launched a, it's not the same project, but it's sort of indirectly linked because we will be we will, will be linking this product to our new SSO platform, and that that was one of the first examples of of the team all coming together across all the different digital touch points to to create this new you know single sign-on platform, and that's that's really interesting. And I guess you know we also. You know, one of the things that we want to look at is new technologies within within the new app, which are going to be able to bring us much closer to understanding user behavior for the first time. We've, we've, I think, so far, I think a lot of people talk about being able to to sort of capture user behavior and then use that to to improve and optimize product design. But I think so far we weren't able to do that with the last app. So I think you know, bringing this, bringing the fans in to help us. Co-create the experience that they want from the app. It's, that's what our vision is really? Is is, is using data analytics tools to be able to really optimise that, but also to use new advanced tools around attribution to be able to understand how best to, you know, sort of drive audiences to different parts of the app and to use the data that we're that we're picking up about their behaviours to, to really deliver the best experience to, to fans. So
1: that's awesome. We should definitely talk branch later <laughs> if you're well,
0: interested. In I, sort of, I sort of yeah. I realized I was sort of playing to the crowd there.
1: <laughs> well, we don't we don't have to make this about branch. I think one one question I had. I think you know it's really hard to bring a lot of teams together. And now you're bringing also the fans. How do you do that? I think that's like what is the key to, especially in a bigger organization? How do you align all these teams to around this one vision and around this one product? I think I found that challenging in my different. You know, when I when I worked at different companies, and I think that's just something that I've seen others
0: struggle with as well. Yeah, I think it's 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 really hard, isn't it? I think one of the things that comes with involving getting lots of lots of opinion and data is the fact that there are so many different opinions and and data. Right, so we know that not everybody's going to have the same same perception of what we're trying to do, and. Uh, people will. Some people will say, "Well, we don't like that," and others people will. So, so really, what we want to do is bring personalization into this, so that we can offer that different perspective and opinion and, and experience that is relevant to you. So, you know, that's really where we want to get to: is 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 a completely personalized experience. That it doesn't have to be. I mean, I I think when I started in in working in digital design, it was very much about instinct, and you had to sort of you know who was the most creative and who had the you know, you know, who is winning the awards for, for the for the best uh, designs? And I think that's still that's still good, and it still obviously gets the, the team. We have great feeling when you win when you do win those sorts of awards. But for me, it's the democratization around 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 sharing that experience with, with everybody and, and bringing people into that that co creation is what's exciting. So it becomes less about design instinct and you know having to be the best the best creative because you can use the data to make that decision. But at the same time. That, that gives you a sort of sense I think of the overall feature set and the the real basics of the of the pillars of what you're building but you, but it's the, it's the way that you bring personalization personalization into that template which i think is that's where the real excitement is and where you can actually use the the non anonymized data to to drive that personalized experience and that's that's where I think that' probably what I'm most excited about exploring this, with this new app and the new products that we're developing and, and obviously how that links to the, to the data project that we're doing at the club as well.
1: Yeah, I think that makes so much sense. I mean, we've seen the personalization when people do it well. There's like a huge difference between people who personalize. Um, like even with our products, we have this like web to our banner and we actually did a whole study on how much people personalize the banner and the amount of personalization of like actually showing someone something that they're interested in. It's like actually six times versus people who just put a random banner and just don't put the work into personalizing it.
0: I slightly dodged your question about how do you bring people with you? And, you know, how do you, you know, I mean, partly because I think I, I don't really know the answer to your question. I think that's why I dodged it. But I think, I think the. It's
1: so hard, right? You just kind of have to figure it out along the way.
0: I'm passionate about some of our projects, or most of our projects, but I think um, there's some projects that I'm particularly passionate about, and obviously the, the app is, is probably maybe two or three that I'm really, really passionate about at the same level. But that being one of them, so I think sometimes you, you know you, you can have that passion, but that can actually be I think off-putting to, to some people because because they they don't share your, your your the same sense of of what it what it's or why that's important. So I think it's important that everybody can. That's why I think personalization is so important because then. You can you're you're able to accommodate those different opinions, but that's not about how you take people obviously away along with you on the journey of how you how you work, uh, you know across frontiers in, in in organizations which are obviously largely matrix structured these days. So I think um, I think it's it's I think if, I think maybe if you if you have that approach though where you're where you're relying on data to tell yeah. you the story, and it becomes less about your instinct and, and hopefully more
1: like yeah.
0: Data proves the point, and it's not like well, it's not my opinion. It's that's what the, data's the data is saying. Obviously, you can read you can read data in different ways, and you can come to different that's, insights. Uh,
1: that's definitely true. You can. Uh, it's data is not as black and white as you think it is. I think that's been my biggest learning working point. with very large data sets and trying to make hypotheses. And sometimes yeah. just when I make a hypothesis, it's kind of like you, you might be looking at the data that proves or disproves your hypothesis. It's maybe not like the most In the middle data zooming out
2: for a second um russell just because you know you can go so deep in so many categories what are like some pieces of advice that you'd have for people like me who are fans of yours in terms of the way that you've progressed within your career principles that have guided you from checkpoint to checkpoint
0: i've been really really lucky and I think I sort of, you know, obviously having all the world gone through, which is just such an awful recent uh, experience with, with the, you know, with, with the coronavirus crisis. And I think just realising actually quite how lucky you are when you have a super interesting job and you have a great family life and all of that. And I think it's, it is it uh, is you just sort of makes it even more relevant, I think, to, to to sort of, you know, when you can really say that you've sort of followed your passions and you've you've really sort of been lucky enough to always put that uh first but i think that's that's probably what what i've i've always done is just and maybe sometimes to the detriment of my you know i could maybe could have been more successful in, in some areas and and uh, done done better in, in 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 certain areas but i think i know that i've always been interested in what i've been doing and i think that's the that's for me that's the you know that's been the number one sort of guiding principle is just you know making sure that you're passionate about what you're doing you know, so many people strive to do what they're interested in and
2: what they're passionate about, but not everybody can make a life from it. Is there something that is like that last 10 yards of the finish line that has been able to make you like really take advantage of, you know, that time and effort spent on
0: the things that you are passionate about? I don't know. I mean, I do work hard. Um, I, think, I think people around me, my wife would definitely say that. And my kids would definitely say that. And I do you know i probably I probably obsess about perfection a bit much, and probably you know that's maybe sometimes that's a bad thing, but I think most of the time I think it's it's because there's a real interest in, in making sure that it's the best it can be and I think um, when, I think when you come from a design background which i don't I mean I come from a science background, but I mean I, my first job was in design, so I sort of always feel that professionally I sort of got that that design background which is driving my my sensibility and my Prioritization of, of UX and the user experience is, is really around just making, hopefully, trying to make things as beautiful and, and, as, and as intuitive as they can be. So, you know, I think that's probably that that sort of obsession for for sort of perfection is maybe the the thing that just I don't know maybe propels me to to try and make sure that we can deliver great work. But um, I think the the real answer to the question about I don't know advising people or giving giving sort of feedback about what you know what's made what, what, where I've had success it's, it's it's also luck a lot right so I, I was really lucky when when I was sort of you know leaving my my own businesses which I'd started and you know to get headhunted and to join a, a football club where I was a big football fan so that's that's luck right that's that was that was great timing and, and and just just brilliant for me to to do that so I think. You know, meet, you meet people when I when I do my startups. You know, you meet people, and again, there's another lucky interaction. And you know, I think uh, it's 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 also it plays a massive part.
1: That's awesome. So you know, you talk so much about passion, and you've done some, you've actually worked on, you know, documentaries in the past. First of all, I think the type of filmmakers. I think Mick and I were talking earlier. The type of people who filmmakers who start documentaries are a little bit different because they're so more passionate about the subject than about making money. So kind of talk a little bit about what drove you to do that. And then what do you think are the things that you learned from that, that you brought to your jobs in football teams? Obviously, you know some of the projects you're working right now, definitely like take from that. But beyond that, what are some things that I, you, you, you brought into your, into your like jobs in digital?
0: Uh, I think I I sort of have noticed that there's definitely been sort of repeating themes. So, you know, some things that I've been working on. I did this really interesting thing, which was I've I've completely forgot about it until you just asked that question. But (coughs) when when I did, I did um, doing, having done AI and then doing, I I was doing AI at Edinburgh University. And one of the, the projects I wanted to work on was looking at, that synthetic actors and basically creating sort of AI story engines to, to power CGI characters. So, so that exists now in computer games, but it didn't exist back then. And I was really interested in that. And then I sort of like later, later I was like, i had done some design and filmmaking and, and I was, I then started to work on this interactive narrative project and it was funded by the European commission. And it was like, it was going back to the themes that I'd been interested in, in the past, but technology had moved on the the interest in ai had got to the point where there was public funding available to to do do research in that field so you know i can't remember how many years later but it was probably eight or ten years later that i was then back in that project again and then again in my one of my startups uh, another 10 years later we we were doing interactive narratives for kids uh, with the bbc and it's another it was the same sort of themes that were sort of kept coming out so I think you know, with, like doing this doing this series at the moment for for Amazon um, about the club's fiftieth year anniversary. It's, it's 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 great sort of going back to documentary making. We've got a fantastic director, and we're working. With, we've got a really great team that's working on it, and I'm I'm really if I feel a bit like the sort of the, the sort of the grey hairs now on the project, like looking you know the sort of the the, the the sort of the guy from who's got the experience from the past that's sort of you know trying to guide it. And I think obviously within within a football context. Um, it's a bit different making that sort of that sort of film than than the stuff I've made in the past. But it's it's really um, it's great to sort of I think what happens is it's like a bit like you know riding a bike. You you, you don't forget, and it's all those you get you get a sort of joy from doing those projects which r- remind you of the previous projects that you've done in the past. But I don't know if that answered the question. But yeah, I think um, it's probably like I've, I've got quite a sort of broad background of doing lots of different things. But I think there, there, there's lots of themes that repeat over time.
2: This is making
0: me just, like, team up inside.
2: What, what I'm hearing from you, too, Russell, is that, like, you had this foundation, say, like, in storytelling. And what I what I've seen from your work is, like, you're guiding in a way where you're extracting, like, those moments that people care about and, like, are so... Empathetic towards, so they feel it. So, I'm just thankful that you're you're able to share your story with us here too.
1: I think as we're approaching the end, we uh, have uh, three fire questions that will get everyone to know you better. And uh, the first one is: uh, if you had to delete all the apps on your phone and only pick one, what would that be?
0: Well, I think the answer probably should be WhatsApp, and then it's maybe I think maybe maybe i'll you know instagram but you know sort of guilty pleasures and just spending time you know sort of consuming entertainment and thinking about netflix and but I think it might be my lighting app for my, my house. No, no. I think (laughs) I
1: love that. No,
0: let's stick with that. Maybe, maybe Sonos or Spotify. I suppose Spotify. I, I, anyway, can I just. Sonos you can access Spotify, I guess. I'd probably say say Spotify. uh, I'd probably say Sonos. I love my Sonos app as well.
1: This will tell us if you're an animal person or not. So if you have an app that you could talk to an animal, is there an animal you would pick?
0: an animal. I don't know. I, I quite like dogs, but I'm not a massive dog fan, but I think they seem like they're sort of always quite friendly, nice to sort of think what, what they'd be thinking. But, uh, yeah, we've got, I've got two boys that are desperate to have, to have pets and they want a dog. So Did they do the PowerPoint
1: useful. presentation yet? We've heard, uh, I've heard a lot of, uh, people do their, 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 their children create like ROI and PowerPoint presentations <laughs> on why they want the pet. <laughs>
0: I've not have not had that yet. Minus six and eight, so uh, they're not into PowerPoint yet.
1: So in a few years,
2: it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, the last question would be: What's the most unlikely app on your phone, Russell?
0: I think it's this one, and it's I forget the name of it. It's something like Mu or something like that, which is a, China, a Chinese app, which is a beauty app, which basically sort of enhances your, you know, just one of those AI sort of makeup apps. And I had it because I was looking at doing something with them a while ago, but it's still on my phone, and I, I don't use it. But there is some some quite strange pictures that have been generated, so I've tried to delete all of them.
2: How do you spell that? Just for people who might want to actually download that.
0: Um, coming back, I can probably find it and, and 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 send you the send you the link. Sounds good. Sounds good.
2: Well, with that, I know that we are super. Thankful that you took the time to join us uh, for the podcast today. And yeah, we're looking forward to chatting with you more and hearing about how your app launch goes. But until then, um, thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to
1: uh, yeah having this go live. Thank you, Russell. You inspired you me to put my SnapCam snap filters on.
0: I love your SnapCam. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, it was awesome having you. Thanks for thanks thanks for being no, here. Thank,
0: thanks a
1: lot. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this and share with someone trying to grow their career. Until next time, keep growing.